Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you feel like the outside world doesn't give you enough credit or respect, or does that not bother you at all? You have to hear some of it. You have to. Have to. Have to. In the yeah, world I, don't, I don't live in a... Uh... I don't live in a you know box where I don't hear anything, but uh, you know certainly winning, winning is is kind of the the deal. I mean, you could be a pretty bad quarterback, and if your team wins, you're the man. And uh, people who know can kind of see through that, and they watch the tape, and they're like, I don't think they're winning because of the quarterback, but good for him, you know, that people are in his corner. And I think the opposite can be true too. When you're the quarterback, you know, it doesn't really matter what you do or how you play if your team's not going to the playoffs, winning the division, playing in the Super Bowl. There's something wrong with you. And so you're always kind of working through that of we got to win. We got to find ways to win. I got to play better, you know, and, and you don't really expect people to be in your corner un- unless you're winning and winning consistently. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. I am your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the lead writer and editor of thevikingage.com. As always, I am joined by Mr. Chris Shad, who also writes for us here at The Viking Age, as well as several other outlets. Uh, Before we get started today, make sure to subscribe to this channel on YouTube and like this video. Then, of course, follow us on Twitter at The Viking Age and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, we're just going to get right into it today, Chris. The Vikings have signed a notable big-name free agent and former Packers linebacker, Zadarius Smith. They signed him to a three-year contract worth up to $47 million. Now, he only played in two games last year, one in the regular season and one in the playoffs due to a back injury, but in the two seasons before that, he had 29 sacks and 144 pressures. Now, he's 29, and he gets to work with two coaches that got the most out of him in Green Bay and Mike Pettin and Mike Smith, who are now on the Vikings coaching staff. So, Chris, just uh, what was your reaction to this signing? Well, I try to look at both sides of every story to see what's good, what's bad, and what not. Uh, the good is obviously there. Zadarius Smith is an elite pass rusher. As you mentioned, he led the NFL in pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, a couple years ago. Uh, Daniil Hunter was second on that list. So have those two guys in this defense, which is going to utilize, probably free him up a little bit more with the 3-4 and have them attack from a standing position. That's really exciting for Vikings fans. Uh, I also know that he's had a serious back injury. And listening to Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, he said that, uh, you know, the injury, he explained it like each vertebrae has got a little disc in the back of their neck. Uh, 
And in that disc, it there's like fluid. So it's like kind of like a jelly donut, according to him. When that gets ruptured, the fluid leaks and it gets all of the nerves. And that's what causes all that pain and basically has to have him shut it down. Zadarius had a bulging disc. And yes, I say that slowly uh, in the back. And, you know, it, it knocked out his entire season. And the most concerning thing that Luke said is that it could knock him out for the entire year if he aggravates that injury. And that's a risk for anybody who has uh, a kind of Hunter's injury because that was a similar nature, although it was up in his neck or anybody who has like a back injury like Smith. So when you mix in the fact that he's 30 years old, yeah, he's on a three-year contract, so I like that it's not a one-year rental type player. I really am more 50-50 than most people on it. I like the fact that it adds another edge rusher, but they still have to have depth. Like, you have a lot of guys on this roster that are top-heavy, that are elite, and then below them, you have the DJ Wanams, the Kenny Willikies, and everything else. I think this move is a good start. But they have to make more moves. They have to add more depth. And if they go into the uh, season with Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter thinking everything's going to be okay, it's not going to work because both of them have a increased risk of injury. So I like it, but I also know that there's a lot of risk that comes with this move. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. Well, we talked on, on Monday about, you know, the possibility of, of looking at Trey Waynes to come back. And I said, no, because I want new guys in here. We got a new regime and I want to see new faces. And this is a new face. So this is, to me, a step in the, the right direction. Um, I think it's a good signing. Uh, it might be a better signing for the Vikings and maybe say some other teams because they have Mike Pettin and Mike Smith who have gotten the most out of Zadarius Smith in the past. Um, Zedaria Smith is a very, uh, he's a talented pass rusher, but he's also a very smart pass rusher. There's a video on YouTube of him just like breaking down a bunch of plays and he pretty much just knows like what the center or what the guard is going to do just from like uh, the play setup or a certain movement they make. And it's, it's really impressive. So um, just it's, I, I'm, I'm excited about Zedaria Smith and, um, the the potential that he has especially teaming up with daniel hunter because with those two on the field it gives them uh at least one of them a one-on-one opportunity which we know is is favorable for either one of those guys but yeah like you said the back injury is a little worrisome he's only 29 so it's not he's not too old but he's right out there on like the cusp um and you know i do have a little more faith maybe in uh this new Vikings training staff because the person they, they brought in was like the assistant trainer of the year or whatever. So I think if they okay this this signing and and think that his back is okay and it can hold up, then 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 I'm gonna feel comfortable about it. But yeah, it's a little uh a little you can be skeptical about it for sure. I can totally understand that, but I'm I'm excited about it. Uh does this signing, since it's you could you could say it's their maybe their first big signing of the offseason, unless you want to count Kirk Cousins into that, which, you know, sure, whatever. But does this signing change your thoughts on what the Vikings have done so far this offseason? Not really. And I think we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about Quasi Adolfo Mensa's comments uh, during his press conference yesterday. Mm -hmm. But my biggest thing is like, 
the Vikings are still doing that halfway thing. They're not really going for it, but they're not really trying to strip it down to the studs either. They're just kind of in a tie right now. So I think that the Vikings, like this is a good signing. Like overall, I don't want it to make it sound like I completely hate the signing and I think it's a bad (laughs) idea and everything else. I mean, according to, yeah, according to the people that log on who we love very much, keep subscribing, liking everything. I love the audience. But I also just know, hey, you're adding on to a foundation that is routinely got nine wins per season. And when you do that, I mean, yeah, maybe there's another level. But the, all these guys are like 30 or older. Like Zadarius Smith is going to be 30 come week one. And like I said, he's got that increased risk for injury and you have nothing behind him. So until the Vikings make some more big boy moves like I don't know, sign a center, sign a guard, uh, go get some corners. Like Shannon Sullivan is visiting today as a slot corner. I would like that move a lot because he has experience in this defense. Go make some more moves with that money that you got from restructuring Daniel Connor's contract and make some moves that say, hey, we want to bang with the Packers and the Bucks." But then again, those teams are so on another level. I, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm just stuck in the middle here as to what I think about this team. I would be so fast on the Packers. I know they still have Aaron Rodgers, and and he's always going to give you an advantage, but I I could see them taking a step back uh, next season given they lost Devontae Adams and they're losing a bunch of people uh, because of their salary cap situation. Obviously, they're going to always be competitive because of Rodgers, and I would would be probably more worried about the Bucs than than, the Packers at this point, but we could be proven wrong. Go ahead. What do you think about the Rams? Like what, how many teams, uh, let's ask this way. How many teams in the NFC do you think are legitimately better than the Vikings right now? Let's just like take a quick inventory because I, I would say the Packers, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like yeah. and that defense is pretty good. Even without Zadarius, um, I would say the Bucks for sure. I would put the Rams in that category. Uh, cause yeah. they're reloading again. Uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, the, Niners? the entire NFC South is trash. The Niners. I would put the Niners ahead. So that's five okay. teams right now. Is that four or five? And then Cowboys. Uh, okay. Yeah. The Cowboys. I, I don't think I would put them ahead of them, but they're, a team's going to come out of the same East. level. And I, and I think, yeah, same. Yeah. And I think the Vikings are better than the Eagles, but the Eagles also have a lot more cap room and they have more draft capital, yeah. so they could get an impact. They're, not, use, they're not using it, though, so I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so they're a top <laughs> seven team in the NFC. So they, yeah. so they should be a playoff team. As nature you would intended, think, yeah. apparently. Which is, yeah. which is, it's turning out, you know, I, I'm not so sure about how much ownership knew about what was going to happen this offseason in the NFL and how everyone was going to go to the AFC, but... They might have had some inkling, which is why they're like, no, we want to be competitive because there's like three good teams in the NFC this year. So we might as well just give it a shot. Um, so so what do you think some realistic expectations are for Zadarius Smith uh, next season? Double digit sacks. I, yeah. I mean, you said realistic, but that's what the Vikings yeah. are expecting. That's yeah. why they signed him. If they didn't think he could be the double digit sack monster that he was the last two years... Why wouldn't why would they make this move? And obviously they have a good sense of how his back is doing. So 
I think anything less than double digit sacks is going to be a massive disappointment. So yeah, you want this guy to be a needle mover. I think he has to get 10 or more sacks. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that should be an expectation. Um, maybe what 50, 50 pressures around there too, give or take. Oh, more than um, that. More, more. Yeah. Like well, 70, what, what, did, what did you say he's had that one year with green Bay? Well, the the one year we led led the league, it was like ninety seven or ninety six or something like that. Ninety seven. So uh, I would say seventy to eighty pressures in double digit sacks. Oh wow! That's okay. that's what you, want, you that's want, what you signed you want, up for. Yeah. So, so you want him right yeah. back at that form that he was, I guess, two seasons ago, mm-hmm. uh, twenty nineteen with the Packers, which is it's doable. He's he's still twenty nine. He's not like absolutely not yeah over the hill. But yeah, that background injury is concerning. It sounds like he's pretty enthusiastic and and ready to get to work and go against the Packers and stuff. And so he has he's got a good personality. I think he'll fit in well with what the Vikings are trying to do to that locker room. Um, sounds like him and uh, Daniel Hunter have already made uh, contact, which is always nice. I think th- those two are trying to work out together or whatever, which is you don't see all the time now. Like you used to, I feel like. You know, players work out together, but a lot of times it's like players from from other teams. Where, uh, you know, I saw what Kirk Cousins throwing uh, Adam Thielen and, and KJ Osborne or whatever the other day. No, Justin Jefferson. We don't have to make a big deal about that. Maybe, maybe we'll do it later in, in the off season if he doesn't ever show up. Uh, but no. Um. So yeah, the Vikings signs Darius Smith, and to make this move, they restructured. Daniil Hunter's contract. Um, they converted his $18 million roster bonus into a signing bonus. So all I believe all that 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 uh, that bonus now that 18 million is is fully guaranteed uh, for Daniil Hunter now. It saved them over 13 million in cap space, uh, and it basically eliminates the chance of Daniil Hunter getting traded or cut uh, at least before June 1st. Because if they did either of those moves, they would have 30 million. And dead cap, and I just, I highly doubt that that's going to happen. Um, so, with Daniil Hunter, Chris, did the Vikings make the right decision by not trading him? See, that's one of the players that I wanted them to keep. Like, there were several players that I was okay with giving rid of, um, but I think Hunter, at age twenty-seven, yeah, he's got the neck injury, but he came back and had six sacks in seven games last year. Like that, that's pretty good um you look at his production throughout his career he is ninth unofficially in sacks according to pro football reference uh he is sixth i believe since 1982 when sacks became an official stat like why wouldn't you want this guy on your team at any cost like I, I talked about it on this show, the Chris Dolman trade. The Vikings tried to get ahead of some kind of breakdown for Chris Dolman, and it backfired in their face. Like they could have used Chris Dolman in 1998. I'm just saying. Um, I, I think that Hunter was a guy that they had to find a way to keep, and if they didn't, they had to get draft capital for him. So now that that's smoothed out, and it sounds like they're talking on a long-term extension with Hunter, I'm totally cool with it. I, I think that he's one of the building blocks on defense you had to keep. And I, I think he'll be in for a massive season, especially with Zedarius, if they can work on getting him those one-on-ones that he exceeds so well. Yeah, I think um, 
we talked about all the players that they should and, and should get rid of and shouldn't get rid of. And Daniel Hunter, I think for both of us was at the top of the list of, of guys to keep. So I, I agree with you there because, you know, he's, he's young enough. I think he's still 27 where he's got at least probably like at least three or four good seasons left in him, if not more. Um, and these, these two injuries that he's dealt with the last two years are kind of freak injuries. They're not nagging injuries. So they're easier probably for a team to get over. Uh, but now, now you look ahead, and I, I believe Quasi Adolfo Mensa mentioned, or not mentioned, just just agreed with uh, you know the possibility of the Vikings giving Daniel Hunter a long term deal because he has, I believe, his contract expires in, in 2024. Well, his contract doesn't expire, uh, but he's a free agent in 2024 currently, and he has two void years on the end of his deal to help spread out those cap hits. Um, but you know. That'll be a discussion, I think, throughout the offseason of, you know, when when to give Daniel Hunter an extension. Do you give it to him now and maybe potentially save some money and clear up some more cap space? Or do you, you know, wait a season to see if he gets injured again um, and then give it to him next offseason when who knows, you know, what the scenario could be next time, you know, next time you have to negotiate with him. Because the last two years it's been like, uh, is he coming back? Is he not? You know, does he want a new deal? Does he not? It's kind of been, you know, teeter tottering or whatever. But you know, what what do you think the Vikings should do? Should they wait until after the next this upcoming season to to negotiate with Hunter about an extension, or should they begin those talks like in the near future? You can ask about a deal right now. I, I mean, right now, what it would do for the future is kind of rectify the cap situation like you'd always go low but i mean actually it wouldn't because it's 12 million I, I don't really know what i'm talking about but I, I mean hunters kind of deserved it i talked about his track record he's the kind of player that you should want to keep on your defense and i think that if the vikings want to lock up their cornerstones and they want to have this super competitive label that they talk about daniel hunter's got to be on the team like i said he's when he's healthy, he's a double-digit sack guy. And he proved last year that there's not many lingering after-effects with that neck. Now, could it resurface in a couple of years? We don't know. But, I mean, you don't do a six-year deal right now. Maybe you go to him and say, hey, we, we know about your medical history. You're 27. What if we give you a four-year deal worth, I don't know what the Nick Bosa contract is worth. It's a lot. 80. So, 80 what? Well, how much do, is it? Do do I don't know, but do four years, eighty million. That's twenty million a year. Twenty million a year might need to be a little bit more. more though, right? Yeah, he probably wants like yeah. twenty-five. Yeah, like twenty-five. We'll just say twenty-five for the hell of it. I don't so know what the exact number is. One hundred million dollars. Yeah, go go. Nice easy math. I like that. Like go to him with that. See if he'll do it, and then if not, incentive incentive laden. Sure, I <laughs> most most NFL players don't agree to incentives though. Like, like they know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a, you know, they can get the smart ones time, done, but right. Like Kirk Cousins agent. Mm-hmm. He, he knows who's exactly now, what he's doing. Yeah. Who's now working for Gary V just uh, switched agencies today. So Kirk Cousins and he'll be a motivational speaker uh, before we know it. It's going to be, going to be great. Just uh, seems like the perfect candidate for that. Can't wait for those speeches. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would talk to him this year just because the amount of money that you could potentially save, which is something I feel like the Vikings were good at during the Spielman 
era was was kind of getting ahead of these extensions before they got uh, too pricey. Now it did sometimes result in that player being like, "Hey, I need more money because I'm worth you know more than what the extension you gave me." Stefan Diggs, who's causing a little stir out there with some cryptic tweets, and the Bills fans are like freaking out, and we're like, "We told you." Uh, but no, I, I don't think anything of. I think Diggs is just having fun right now. Um, but they they were good at getting ahead of these extensions and, and it allowed them to save money. You think about uh, like Diggs and uh, let's see, you can even think of like Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, even Adam Thielen. Like Adam Thielen's deal was so good for a while until everyone was like, okay, we gotta pay him because he's making like four million a year. Uh, so we gotta give him some actual money. Um, but I think it would be good to at least see if you can figure out a deal this summer before, uh, it, it'll probably happen. I would say after June 1st, because that's when I think you can deal with next year's cap hits. So they'll probably, uh, wait until after that, if they're going to do an extension, but I think it would be a good idea to at least try and get something done. And if not, then, you know, you figure it out next year. He's still under contract for, for next year. Um, and I think they've set it up where it's kind of not a good idea to trade him next year either. I think there's still, a, I think it might be like 10 million dead cap or whatever if you trade him. But um, so I think it was a good idea to keep him. Plus, you get to now you get to team him up with Darius Smith. And I think just having one of those guys wouldn't have made it very good like this I think the Zadarius Smith signing is that much better because he gets to work with Daniel Hunter if he was coming in to replace him I think we'd probably have much different feelings about it uh, but I think those two being together is pretty exciting and now you can argue that they have the Vikings when healthy have one of the best pass rushing duos in the league so that's pretty exciting the you know Return? Are they going to meet at the quarterback like the uh, the old purple people eaters did? Now are they going to do that? So we will see. All right. So Quasi Adolfo Mensa, uh, the Vikings general manager, answered questions on Thursday. He was asked about the team's approach this off season, uh, and this is what he said. He said. When people look at teams, they sometimes do it in a very binary way. They ask, are you either all in or tearing down and rebuilding? And I don't really look at the world that way. The way we look at it is we're trying to navigate both worlds. We're trying to live in today and tomorrow or the competitive rebuild, however you want to phrase it or market it. And so I think it's kind of how we've approached this offseason so essentially the vikings are trying to remain competitive while also rebuilding at the same exact time chris is this even possible <laughs> so i thought about this a lot because when i first heard the quote i mean it's basically what we were all thinking this offseason right that the vikings aren't picking a direction but yeah. i'm gonna try to be the optimist here and I'm going to spit out a couple of scenarios because I think what they would shoot for is the Baltimore Ravens because under John Harbaugh, the Ravens have never like gone in the gutter. I think they've only had one under 500 season. Yeah, with, not on purpose. Uh, Harbaugh. Yeah. So 
so when you look at that, you know, it's usually 10 and six, eight and eight, uh, nine and seven, those kind of seasons. Uh, now it's 17 games. So you can do the math yourself on that, but they kind of just stayed afloat. They built a foundation. Ozzie Newman or, or excuse me, Ozzie Newsome was one of the best drafters of all time. And he goes out and he has, he has this foundation that he drops Lamar Jackson into and they become one of the best teams in the AFC. I don't think it's necessarily mandatory to tear everything down and rip everything to the studs. Now, here's the thing. Do the Vikings have a foundation that can provide that? Because, you know, when you are in the middle, usually it's like one piece away. So you drop in. I mean, if you want to, let's say, let's say Aaron Rodgers gets mad and he goes, I want to be a Viking. Like if you drop Aaron Rodgers into the Vikings, you have the cap room and everything. You're you're good to go if you have the foundation ready. But with a team that's over 30, who's proven that their ceiling is like nine or 10 wins. I'm not too sure about this approach, but it also might not be Quasi's decision because he's been talking about collaboration, talking about getting calls from Mark and Ziggy Wilf. And I don't know, are they telling him to extend Kirk Cousins? Are they telling him to do everything? It's a really interesting situation. So can it be done? Yeah. But I, but I mean, I like my thing is pick a direction, just commit. And technically he is by saying competitive rebuild, but you either want to compete or you want to rebuild it. It it could be both, but it's really hard to pull all off. You're kind of just talking yeah. circles tonight, but you know. Well, you sound like Quasi, kind of, because he. Yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to realize that we were very, uh, you know, I, I don't know, spoiled. I guess you could say when it, especially when it came to Mike Zimmer, because he was very honest uh, most of the time, unless he was talking about injuries uh, in his press conferences about his opinions on everything, and uh, you know. I'm sure there's some honesty in there with with Quasey and and Kevin O'Connell, uh, but it's they they're also very good at answering questions without answering the questions, um, and I think this is sort of that. I do too struggle to look at. They keep talking about how they have the pieces already. They had the pieces already in place uh, to to build a, a good team. And I keep going back to, but you've missed the playoffs in three of the last four seasons with these pieces that you believe are going to lead you to the playoffs. So that's where I just get a little confused where, um, you know, I don't think Mike Zimmer gets enough credit for what he was able to do during his entire career with the Vikings. I think people, it's, it's clear. I think a lot of people have talked about this. It's clear that Everyone's trying to put the blame that this was all Mike Zimmer's fault. It had nothing to do with the players on the field. You know, it was Mike Zimmer's fault and Rick Spielman's fault. And that's why they're gone. And we just got a new head coach, a new GM. Everything's fixed. Now we can, you know, get back on track and go contend. And I don't think it's that easy. I think there are players that contributed to the Vikings not reaching their goals in the last four seasons. And this isn't specifically Kirk Cousins. This is a bunch of players on that team that failed to help this team, you know, reach to where everyone thought they could get. So I think we should, you know, not put the blame on, on Mike Zimmer's shoulders. 
I think he did a really good job when he was with the Vikings. He's what the third third best coach in Vikings history, and right now people are treating him like he's like Les Steckel or something, uh, you know, not not you know, or or Brad Childress. Like this this guy made the Vikings relevant again. They were dead in the water in 2013, and and with Leslie Frazier and Mike Zimmer picked his team up and literally put him on his back and and made them relevant again and now we're just like get him out of here he ruined this team and it's all his fault and it's like okay he played a part but like let's let's you know let's not gang up on on mike zimmer there's enough blame to go around to everybody but my point is i just i i really want to be optimistic i really do but i just don't understand how you can think that you're going to be competitive with the same core group of guys pretty much that you've had that have missed the playoffs in three of the last four seasons. So that that's my thoughts on it. But, you know, you mentioned, uh, did you want to say something else? Well, I was going to say too. So I think a lot of people look at last season and see all the games that came down to the wire and they're just like, yeah, just if a couple of those go our way, you know, we're a 10, 11 win team. I'm sure that's what the Wolves are seeing. Or a five win team. Yeah, yeah. You could also lose a lot of the games that you won. But like the losses this team had weren't exactly like Zimmer things. Like they got beat by Cooper Rush. They got beat by a winless Lions team because Cameron that was Dantzler his defense, decided Chris. to play that was five his defense. He decided to play five years, five yards into the end zone. And yeah, did Zimmer contribute to that? Yeah. I, I mean, you study for Cooper Rush if you think there's a chance he's going to play. Like, you just don't go, LOL, they're going to play Dak. Like, with Detroit, you know, he backed guys off and only sent three. There were some decisions that Zimmer made that were questionable uh, on and off the field. But I... I I just have a problem giving all these players a pass. And I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, you know, when you talk about the Zadarius Smith extension or excuse me, the signing, like it's lukewarm for me because I know what's still here. I know that Harrison Smith still looks like he's going to murder the entire secondary playing next to him. I know that Adam Thielen is still there and he's probably going to get hurt for a couple of games. And it do- it doesn't absolutely close the door. I mean, Kevin O'Connell could get the most out of this offense and they're doing what we wanted them to do last year. Like we were saying at the beginning, hey, lean into the offense, go get some guys and like go play offensive football. Now they're going to do that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but we've already seen this. So this is their chance. This is everyone's chance to prove, hey, like if we had just played the right brand of football, we can be a big time team. It's fair to be skeptical because of how the last couple of seasons ended, because you do have a quarterback that goes into a shell when he gets pressured. You do have receiver that's in his 30s that gets hurt, even if he is from Minnesota. You do have defensive leaders that kind of have that gruff Zimmer attitude that didn't really mesh with the guys that they were bringing in. There's a lot of issues here, and I'm curious to see if like all the coaching staff field trips and the, oh, hey, I'm Kevin O'Connell. Nice to meet you. Yeah. like Forgive me for being skeptical, but I am. That's why yeah, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on this team. Yeah, I started. I feel like I stirred the pot a little bit before coming on here uh, on Twitter because I tweeted, you know, no, yeah, I don't no. do that. I I always uh-huh. just sit back and and tweet a lot of things so I can get as many likes as possible. That's what I do on Twitter. Um, 
But I said, you know, why are we so sure that Kevin O'Connell is the next Sean McVay and not the next Adam Gase? Because I keep hearing, you know, everyone's just so optimistic that Kevin O'Connell, he's the solution. He's coming in. He's going to like they're going to get three or four more wins because Kevin O'Connell, because of this rookie head coach who's, you know, has no experience. He's been a play caller, I believe, once in his entire coaching career he's going to call plays he's going to manage this whole team like i am optimistic too but it is completely fair to be skeptical one about this team that missed the playoffs in three of the last four years and about them having a rookie head coach and a rookie gm like it's not it's also people are like why are you being so negative i'm like i'm not being negative i'm trying to look at it from like every view i'm i'm preparing myself because i am a vikings fan and right now, everyone is getting very optimistic, and we know what happens when that happens. We get so excited, like it's the 2017 NFC Championship, and then we get kicked in the nuts. And this happens pretty much every year where we get our hopes up, you know, like Kevin O'Connell's going to be the answer when he could just be, you know, the next, I don't know, he could be the next Brad Childress, he could be the next Mike Tice, you know. It looks like he's a, a great guy, great communicator, looks like he has great plans which is good for now but we need to wait to get super excited about this until they get on the field because there could be injuries there could be all sorts of stuff and we have to see how he deals with all this stuff before we're you know gonna anoint the vikings you know the nfc north champions and contenders in the nfc because there is no way that any of us know that so that's why I tweeted what I tweeted, and that's why everyone's mad at me right now, because I was speaking the truth. And you know what? If they make a couple of moves that move the needle, like getting a center, a guard, a couple of corners, yeah. so Chris Boyd doesn't have to see the field, like, I'll, yeah. I'll get excited. I, I mean, shoot, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy, but I mean... Yeah, it's just kind of I I've seen this movie before and I'm kind of skeptical, you know, it, like I've said it before. It's like putting a new coat of paint on Camp Crystal Lake. Like, yeah, people were murdered here, but I mean, you can't see it now. Just put a little stain on the cabin. It's all good. Who do you think who do you think has more pressure as a rookie head coach this year? Because this team, this other team is loading up too. Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins or Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. Hmm. Because those Dolphins are loading up. But here's They're the thing about the Dolphins. They have a quarterback on a cheap contract. So, with, well, that, that's what I'm saying. If this doesn't work <laughs> out, Mike McDaniel can say, hey, can my guy now. wasn't here. We can go yeah. draft Bryce Young. Like, if, if that fails. Yeah. Because they still have a boatload of picks, don't they? So, so they uh, can go get somebody next yeah. year. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think they still have two or two first rounders, even after dealing yeah. one to the chiefs for Tyreek, I it, like, they have an absurd amount of draft capital. So yeah. I it, like with O'Connell, it's like, you've been pounding this Kirk cousins thing for so long and you extended right. him with an ironclad contract. Right. Yeah. You, you better be right. Because I mean, you can't maybe after this year you go, okay, this didn't work with Kirk. Like let's trade up for Bryce young, but you don't have draft capital. You don't have assets. You don't have a lot of the things. So, I, you know, in our eyes, of course, Kevin O'Connell's going to have more pressure because they've been saying, well, it was Mike Zimmer's fault. It's not our fault. Like they, 
the Dolphins, they kind of have the same thing going too with Brian Flores, don't they? But well, I, don't, not, I don't know. Well, I, he's not. No, not with Brian Flores. Mike McDaniel. Well, Mike McDaniel's there, but I mean, they fired Brian Flores. Oh, oh, yeah, They're yeah, kind yeah. of doing the, oh, this is all Flores' fault. He wasn't Oh, with like Zimmer, yeah, yep, yep, blah, yep, blah, yep, blah, yep. you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's, well, that's what you do. You kick, you kick the guy who's not, you kick him on the on the way out. He's not there anymore, so you can say whatever you want and blame it on him, which is what is So let me, let me ask right you now. this question. Let's, let's attack this from a different angle. We've seen all those trades this week, right? We saw Devontae Adams get traded to the Raiders which was actually last week. And then we saw Tyreek Hill get traded to the Dolphins. In each scenario, it was a highly paid quarterback trying to keep a highly paid receiver. So let's fast forward to next year with Justin Jefferson. For He's going to get a $40 million a year contract, at least. It's heading that way. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is going to be the price of an actual jet, which I wrote at zonecoverage.com. <laughs> Sorry to plug my work at another site. But... Yeah, it's okay. Like, like, think about this here. So if this doesn't work and like May 2023 rolls around and the Vikings are like, Justin, we love you. We're doing gritties at hockey games. We're doing gritties at weddings, gritties in the street, gritties everywhere. Here is this massive contract. We don't have cap room. We got Kirk Cousins locked in. Kevin O'Connell swears this time, you know, it's going to work. Will you please sign this deal? You'll be the highest paid receiver ever. Is Justin Jefferson going to say no? Is he going to force their hand to get a trade or what? Because I think when you talk about things on the line, I think that's something because receivers, we're seeing it right now, are turning into NBA players where if they don't like their situation, they're going to force their way out. Um, I think it, hap- it it would happen more if he was older. I think right now when you're a younger receiver, you're trying to get that, that second contract. Like You don't probably care as much where you play as long as you get paid. But I think when you look at someone like Devontae Adams or even a Tyreek Hill, like you want to go, well, not that he's going somewhere where he has a better chance of winning than the Chiefs, but like you want to go to a place where you feel like your team has a chance where when you're you're younger, yeah, you want to win. But when you are Jefferson's age, which he's what, 22, 23, like right now he wants to get, get paid. Um and that's what he should be doing because this is the NFL and you only have a certain period of time to, to earn that money. And he's got a great chance of getting a lot of money. So I don't think he really cares where it comes from right now. I think things would have to get really bad between uh, Jefferson and the Vikings for them to deal him. Um, so I, I think that would be, I think they would trade, I think they would trade Kirk Cousins before they would trade Justin Jefferson just because they, they know, because one, just Jefferson's way younger. He can he he can you could bring in you know Ryan Fitzpatrick and and Jefferson could still have you know an amazing season. So um, I I think it's going to be very difficult for Justin Jefferson to want to get out. You never know because we we probably thought this way about Diggs, but then you know there are frustrations and and he wanted out too. But this is an offensive coach. This is you know they've already made a clear emphasis that Justin Jefferson is going to be the guy getting the ball a lot, kind of like Cooper Cup. So I am not too worried about that. If Jefferson was older, like 27 or 28, then maybe, yeah, I would be. But right now, no, because he wants to get paid. Um, And he's going to get a lot of money. And then right after him, 
uh, Jamar Chase is going to be like, cool, I'm going to break your record again and get $45 million. Because uh, those two are just ridiculous. They're going to they're gonna be teammates one day, right? That's got to happen. The, the uh, super team factor, right? Yeah. God, that would be fun. Look, you could honestly have... You have Sean Mannion be quarterback and just be like, all right, we're going to give you Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, go for it. And be, yeah, it would still be fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. I need someone who has more than one career touchdown pass uh, throwing. How long How long until Justin Sean Mannion the is the Vikings offensive coordinator? We're, we're trending that way, aren't we? Well, why, like, isn't this he, is like a, why isn't he a coach now? Just why can't they hire him as a coach? Why does he need to take up a roster spot? Like. This is like the Josh McCown type hierarchy, right? Yeah, like, like how awkward how awkward do you think it is when like Lovey Smith meets Josh McCown in Houston this year? Like, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah. Good. They wanted me to be the head coach, but yeah. they couldn't hire me because, uh, you know. So uh you, yeah, yeah, I'm totally getting the job in twenty twenty three. Just just to tell it. Yeah. Uh just I'm just so confused. Like why why it, they keep saying he's a you know great guy in the quarterback room and you know, he's this coach on the sideline. Then make him a coach. Like, we saw last year what happens if Kirk Cousins can't play. And don't tell me, like, oh, Kirk Cousins has been, like, the healthiest healthiest guy. I sound like Mike Tyson right there. And the healthiest guy in uh, in the league or whatever. Uh, Russell Wilson has been healthy as well. And he missed a bunch of time last year with an injury. And that cost the Seahawks their season. They still won seven games, but they could have probably been in the playoffs if if Wilson had played the whole year. And this is football. Like we've seen, we've we've seen Teddy almost lose his leg. We've seen Alex Smith in like a second. Like your career is just flashed before your eyes. That can happen to Kirk. He takes punishment. Like we cannot just sit here and be like, "Well, Kirk's always healthy, so we're just going to depend on that." No, you need someone who can come in and like. Why is it so difficult to get? They don't even have to bring in someone who's going to challenge Kirk Cousins for the job. Just get like yeah. they could have got like a Colt McCoy, or or like even a Ryan Fit- Fitzpatrick, or or somebody that can throw the ball. Sean Mannion cannot even he can he can throw to Garrett Bradbury. That's it. Like like here's the thing. Like the Vikings are yeah. screwed if Kirk goes down anyway. Which that's throwing a bone to the Kirk stands. But I mean. Whether it's but Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond, you know, they're, we thought they're that done. in 2017 when Bradford went down. We thought that, sure. but but they had a decent backup. Case Keenum Case actually Keenum. threw touchdowns in an NFL game. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, Case like, Keenum's not like that. Sean Mannion. Like there wasn't no, like no. this blind resume. Like, well, he's super smart and he can do all that stuff. Like, no, but I, I mean, like, is Kellen Mond dead? Can we put that to bed now? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't mean, think. This, the, I don't. This is a I don't pretty think damning coming sign. Back, yeah, I don't think Mannion coming back says anything about Kellen Mond. I want. I want to say that I don't think it says anything about him. I think they just brought Mannion in, camp arm or whatever. Cousins likes him. He's been the backup. He knows the offense. That's why they brought him in. I don't think it says anything about Kellen Mond. He's got the Mond has the whole off season to figure things out. He could be bad. He could be not. So I, I'm now not. Now, if they draft a quarterback, it's a different story. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But don't draft one in the first round now. You've gone too far. Now, if but, they brought in a better backup than Sean Mannion, then I would be like, okay, they they definitely don't like Kellen Mond because they've right. already decided this person is going to be their backup. But, like, even Trevor Simeon, like, I'd rather have him than 
then Sean Mannion, what? Why? 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 I I wrote this the other day. Like, it's getting to the point where it is more impressive that Sean Mannion is still in the NFL collecting a paycheck. Like, it's it's starting to be more impressive than the amount of money that Kirk Cousins has made, just based on the fact that he's been that Sean Mannion has been able to last in the NFL for as long as he's he has, and sucking like. What, how, what is he doing? Does he have like dirt on everybody? And I don't know. I don't know how. Just the Vikings it, organization because he got cut by the Seahawks last year. So, yeah, but he was with the Rams too. He didn't too. dig he up had... enough like shirtless pictures of Pete Carroll or something. <laughs> he was you with know? the Rams too with uh, for a couple of years helping Jared Goff out. So I don't know, man. Um, but my last question to get us out of here though is, you know, competitive rebuild so that seems like you're you know you're pulling yourself in a bunch of different directions to try and remain relevant i guess but with the people that they have right now i'm gonna say before they even signed zedaria smith would the vikings have been better off either are they better off going all in or doing a complete rebuild either pick pick a side i I think a (laughs) reposad tweeted that like it's such a cop out answer, but the, but it's like just go one way or the other. Either you're like go crazy, screw the cap, sign everybody, and you know just go dream team next year, or you know tear it all down, rebuild, and and get some guys in here. Like I, it, it just the basis of this team that we've seen for the last two years, it feels like a rerun. If they go on the field. And they start 6-0, and they go to the NFC Championship game. You can roast me all I, all I want. I will not care if they wind up with a Super Bowl next year because it'll it'll be unexpected. It'll be like 2017. Like, I just get sick of the whole anything can happen rhetoric that they spit out. And, and like, like I said, too, it's like, you know, I, I talked about Mike Zimmer, like, playing a slot machine. Like, every week, yep. it's like, well, the Vikings could win this game. And if Kirk gets protection and all the schemes are right and the defense doesn't give up 30 points and, 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 and like, you know, every single thing. And, and like most of the time on a slot machine, you don't hit a jackpot. Right. So like Zimmer's been hauled out. Sean or called him Sean McBay again. Uh, Kevin O'Connell comes up. Wow. This slot machine's empty. Puts the cigarette in his mouth and just starts pulling on the lever again. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what this is. That's what this is. So just pick, just, uh, just, I'm sorry. Pick, <laughs> just pick something. Just pick, pick one. Um, but you know, typical. I feel like the Vikings have been doing this for like, like forever though. Like, when have they ever yeah. really just tore everything down and like multiple owners or whatever? Um, they've, they've. I think they've only had like seasons with less than five or six wins, like less than a handful of times in their entire existence uh you know they've either been really good or okay um mostly okay um and which is why every off season we go and we're like this could be the year they need a couple wins they can they can get over the hump but you know it doesn't happen but you know just 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 pick something and and shout out we keep mentioning mike zimmer shout out to that guy because i uh heard about you know i wrote about today actually about uh darren wolfson saying that uh Zimmer's a little down the dumps recently after getting fired. He's not feeling too hot, which is why he's not coaching anywhere right now. He's just 
not feeling too great about getting fired. It seems like he he probably didn't feel like he deserved to be fired. Um, so, you know, some could argue that he didn't. But, you know, shout out to him. Hope he's feeling better, hanging out with his, his family and stuff. I think I think he'll be able to, to be okay. So hopefully he is. But thank you for joining today, everybody, on uh, the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and like this video. Be greatly appreciated. Make sure you follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but until next time, Chris and I will talk to you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.